0: Another edition of the show, it is episode 316, it's June 28, 2022, we're like halfway through the year already, it's flying by, and uh, I'm excited for the guest we have on today. Um, he's been around wrestling for quite a long time, he's, he's had a lot of success and he's taken the head job at Brown University It's Jordan Lean. Uh, Jordan, congratulations on, on the new job and, and thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks, happy to be here, Bader.
0: Yeah. Um, so I just kind of want to talk a lot about coaching today and then maybe coaches throughout your career. I know your dad was a coach. Um, you start, you know, you're from Chattanooga and you were, I think, wrestling at a young age. What was, your, what was your coaching situation like in like your youth room? You know, was your dad part of it? Was it just other dads? Was it, I don't know, high school wrestlers, guys who wrestled in college, or kind of what was that like And yeah, from the youth level?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, my dad was a college coach, like you said. So uh, I was always I was exposed to the sport at an early age. Um, he was very intentional. He and my mom were both very intentional about him being dad and and not coach. Um, so he he couldn't resist at times, but he was very strategic about the way that. You know he talked with me and and talked about the sport because, like we all know, uh, the sport of wrestling can be uh not that much fun at times, especially at the youth level, or especially if you feel like dad's all over you, you know. Yeah. Um, so they were both very good about uh trying to get me in good environments and the best environment that they could put me in and uh and kind of let it go from there. Um
0: I, I, I guess backing up on a personal note, did you just want, you know, did you, just, cause I got two little girls and I want them to wrestle, but I don't want them to know how badly I want them to wrestle. Cause I don't want them know. to, did yeah. you, did, why did you want to wrestle? Why did you start? And did your dad um, expose you, push you, guide you, kind of steer you? I don't know.
1: I, I, I don't know. Um, it did, they, they, they did do it in a way that made it at least from my perspective, feel like it was coming from me. Uh uh-huh. Um, you know, but I'm asking that same question because I've got, I got three boys and they all have red hair, so they better, they better learn how to wrestle, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm going through the same thing and I'm trying to use different tips that that my parents used and and be wise about it um i I think this was the case so my dad was a wrestling coach but yeah he actually played baseball um all through through about halfway through college and so i think he had he was coaching wrestling and that was a a large part of our lifestyle obviously yeah but um I'll, I'll now speak from my perspective. I would like if my kids did a different sport because it would give me something else to think about. Um, you know, so (laughs) I think if I was getting pushed in any direction as a child, it was maybe baseball and maybe that was because, uh, my parents wanted to spend some time outside. I'm, I'm at least for that. You know, I'm hoping that baseball or lacrosse or soccer or something like that catch on because I like to be outside and wrestling. We get trapped inside. Um, my kids are catching on with hockey right now. And so that trap <laughs> inside, I, just, I, I love the sport of hockey though. So, um, no, I, I didn't feel like I was being pushed in any direction. And in hindsight, if it was maybe a little bit baseball and was that strategic, was that like, you know, uh, that way you get, you get me to pick wrestling on my own because I'm always around it. Maybe so, you know, but, I certainly want to be cautious as a dad, uh, knowing that this is my lifestyle and that I don't want, uh, I don't want to lose my, my kid because I'm trying to be a coach, you know? So um, I want to be cautious of it.
0: Sure. Uh, I guess back to you as a, as a youth, why did you go choose it on your own? Do you know? Uh, Do you remember? Man, yeah,
1: yeah, the process of elimination. So um, in eighth grade, I was a three-sport athlete, and if you would have asked me like how good of a three-sport athlete I was, I would have said like I'm going to go pro in baseball and football. Okay. Um, in my mind, I was like a king, you know. But really, in reality, I only weighed 90 pounds, <laughs> and uh, and so I went to this prep school. I started in seventh grade, and and it was through high school. So what they do is the people who want to go there in middle school, go there. And then by the time you get to high school, they'll recruit like real players. So I was, uh, I was, I was quarterback of the football team in middle school. And then I played shortstop on the baseball team and I wrestled in the winter time. And those were my two favorites, football and baseball. I liked wrestling. And then, uh, and then my high school recruited a guy named Britton Stansel. And now Britton Stansel was a real athlete. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and Britain played quarterback of the football team. He played shortstop st- in the oh, baseball. snap. Team. But he, uh, he played basketball in the wintertime. And so, yeah. So, Britain, Britain came to school and stole my job in, in football, baseball, and, and he stole my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> Get out. I was going to jokingly ask that. Yeah, no, it's a true story. It's a true story. Dude. And, uh... <laughs> you gotta, like, man, I have... There was... I could tell you a story, but it might... Do you want stories on yes. here or Yes, no?
0: heck yeah. I love stories. I, it, Brit, okay, I was stop, just... Stop. His name, Britton Stanton?
1: Stansel. S-T-A-N-S-E-L-L. So Britton has now become uh, one of my best friends. Oh, uh, okay. But I spent years in high school just... Green with jealous rage, you know, um, and, uh and so I remember in football, there was this drill called the, um we called it the gauntlet, but I don't know football enough to know if that's like the real name for it. But basically what you do is everybody lines up and then you run the ball and you got a defender on the five, on the 10 and on the 15. And so you got to get by three defenders, potentially get tackled three times and once you've run the ball, now you sit on the 15-yard line. Now you're the defender. And then the next runner, you move up to the 10, and then you move up to the five, and then you're back in line. So I'm like, this is my time. You know, so I lined up right in front of Britain, and decide, I'm going to go get through these guys. I'm going to wait on the 15, and I'm going to go take this guy out for the season. I'm going to go hit him so hard that he, you know, uh, I'm going to put him away. So I, uh, I go through, I get tackled on the five tackled on the 10 tackled on the 15. And then and now I'm on the 15 waiting and, uh, and I'm ready. I'm like, I'm getting this guy. And, uh, and Britain just pops off, you know, the hand of the ball. He jukes by the guy on the five spins through the guy on the 10 untouched coming at me. I'm like low wrestling double. I'm ready to go. Right. <laughs> and I remember his knee pad hit like the front of my helmet. And then I went straight back, and he stepped on my face mask. <laughs> and uh, and he, so, uh, and then all the coaches rush to it, and they rush over there because they're like, "Britain, how's your ankle?" You know, like they you know. <laughs> So, so that was this like the defining. This is yeah, that was the, and well, I've told Britain this story and he's, you know, he has no recollection of it. It Ugh. meant nothing to him, you know, but it was like a pivotal moment. It was like a coming of age moment for me in ninth grade. It was like, I'm not getting by this guy, you know, like I'm, I'm not getting by this guy. So I got to like figure out where I can make my, make my way. <laughs> and so that was, uh, that was the beginning of, of, uh, a larger commitment to the sport of wrestling, I think.
0: So and you mentioned this right at, at the, when I asked, process of elimination was Britain stencil stancel.
1: Britain Stancil eliminating all my options other than wrestling.
0: Oh, uh, um, <laughs> what? How, how you guys are best buds or close friends now? What? How did? How did this happen? Or Does he not even ever realize that he just ruined ruined your life in middle school and was he like, had no
1: idea? No, he had no idea. He was he was just like an all around great person but i couldn't see that because he was because he was wrecking all my dreams you know yeah. and uh, it took some growing up and i think establishing myself in wrestling and grow, just maturing to be like you know what i think Britain and i have a lot in common and we should probably be friends you know yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was me having to get over my jealousy and my insecurities and then for Britain, it was just like oh of course like i you know love to hang out with you <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't see that coming. Uh that was, thank like, you. Like, know, could we tell stories? Yeah, that I, you have if you have more, please. This is, this is gold. Um, uh, so, dad didn't
1: like coach you ever, or did he? He was around. I mean, he, he was very good, he and my mom both, about being a presence. But, but I mean, he was coaching, you know. So, if I yeah. would go to youth tournaments, it was usually my mom in the corner. Yeah. And, uh, and she was, uh, you know, my mom is kind of like the, the, the rock of the family, you know, in in that, in those ways. So I'll tell you, like the other corner didn't want my mom in the corner, you know, (laughs) because she kind of knew wrestling and she would say it like she would say it. So it was, um, yeah, she was, she's kind of more hardcore in those ways. Uh, my dad was more of an encouraging, uh, a source of encouragement and optimism and a guy who would build you up and um, believe in you and love you. You know, I, I had a very nurturing childhood. I was very fortunate. Um, and my mom was kind of the more hardcore one. So she would, she would sometimes go to wrestling tournaments and tell people what's what, you know, type of
0: deal. <laughs> we've all, we've seen moms like that at wrestling tournaments, for sure. <laughs> go, yeah. go, I haven't been to a youth tournament in a minute, but that's an interesting place to go. People watch. Yeah. Have, have, yeah. You, have you been, I don't know if there's any reason, like your kids uh, or if there's like another reason you would've went to.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's like, it hurts my stomach to be in there, but I know that it's, it's in, it's in my future and it's probably in your future, but yeah. it's like, it's painful though.
0: Yeah. It's
1: yeah.
0: painful. Uh, when did you have like, not that your mom wasn't serious or your, your youth coaches weren't serious, cause I'm sure they were, right? But like, was it like high school or was it did you do the club scene where they you know it was a little bit more serious and a little bit you know somebody with not offense to your mom right but somebody with a lot of wrestling experience that that's that's doing the coaching
1: yeah yeah so um i was put into a good school system so baylor school was the school that i went to and it was a private school in tennessee that was just a place that fostered excellence you know so I think that was a a start in seventh grade was being around people that were trying to be excellent students and trying to be excellent in whatever sort of field, whether that was piano or tennis. And Baylor did a great job of you had to do two sports minimum. And so everybody was an athlete because there were only 100 kids per class. Um, And so everybody was an athlete, whether they were or they weren't, you know, it was a part of, it was a part of the student athlete experience there. And, And they it was just an environment that really fostered excellence. I I value that. And I think that I grew tremendously from that. Um, And then, uh, you know, as I started to kind of uh, specialize, I suppose, in wrestling, um, I think internally, you know, I wanted to be. Somebody, I suppose, you know, and, and it wasn't necessarily always wrestling, but wrestling became my avenue. You know, I wanted to be great at something. I wanted to uh, to feel like I reached the top of something and I wanted to see how far I could go at whatever it was, you know, whether it was school or wrestling or the other things that I had going on. Um, sure. And I did run in. We didn't have like a developed club scene in Tennessee, but I did. So I had a high school middle school high school that fostered excellence and i had coaches that really valued the sport of wrestling and we had success you know my high school teams were some of the best in the state um and then there was a guy in uh soddy daisy tennessee which is where i lived outside of chattanooga there's a guy named shane turner and shane is still on the wrestling scene um shane is somebody that i i have i've worked with dan dennis on about uh about um uh, I guess um what's the word it's suggesting him but it's like uh I don't know what what the word is, but what's what's that thing that you guys do? I'm, I'm blanking on it, but it's where you award somebody like twenty thousand bucks for being Oh
0: uh yeah overall and then What it is escapes, that? The name escapes me too.
1: Oh. like I know I know like Mike Ironman won it a couple of years ago yeah. maybe last year. It was um, gosh dang it, Jesse. Yeah, what's that? What's that called? Do you know what I'm talking that? about? That that um, yeah, he doesn't
0: know. He was not. Uh, I'll will think about it. See if I can figure but, this out. Yeah,
1: Shane Turner is the type of guy who didn't take a dollar and just was about it. I mean, he was about it, and this hometown heroes, hometown hero. Yeah. Thank so you. this <laughs> is my this is my plug, Shane Turner, hometown hero. And I know Dan Dennis would get behind this because we've talked okay. about it. Um, Dan and his brief time in Chattanooga, like hooked up with Shane and just, and like Shane's passion for the sport is contagious and it makes you want to be around it and his passion in general. Um, but Shane at the time he's now, um, joined in for Baylor and he, he's, he's one of the coaches at Baylor now, but at the time he was at Saudi Daisy high school. And he had keys to the Saudi Daisy Round Gym, and I would go in and train with with Kyle Dake or with uh, Kyle James and John Lane and these guys from the area. They were were good wrestlers, and uh, and so I would do high school practice or middle school, and then I would go over to the round gym and I'd work out with with Shane and with those guys, and and then sometimes I'd go over to Shane's house and he'd pull out the VHS of the. World Championships, like the, you know, 90, 97 World Championships, 93 World Championships. And and it, that was my first introduction to, like, you know, the international scene. And we would watch it in his living room. And, uh, and you, you know, you hear, I ran, I ran You know, and it, it yeah. was like I could feel the electricity. I wow. could feel uh, at, an, at a younger age before that was as accessible as it is now. Um, and so I really gravitated towards that commitment level and passion, you know, that Shane had, and then I had coaches at Baylor as well. Um, Jim Morgan, Shaq and guys that were also committed and also very invested in the sport of wrestling. And so I, I, I was, I was around a, a pretty nurturing environment with the sport.
0: So was Shane turn how did Shane was, uh, how exactly did you meet him? maybe I missed that part. I was writing a note.
1: He was just, he was just on the wrestling scene yeah. in the Chattanooga area. Okay. He was, he was probably one of the two or three guys at the time that were most into it. Um, and, and I think that he was, you know, the Saudi Daisy round gym was, was three miles from my house. So that made sense.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and man, anytime I wanted to work out or do anything wrestling related, he was there. Um, and, uh, and to my knowledge, never took a penny. You know, which is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So was he like? Has he since been a part of your life, a part of your wrestling career? Did he? Did he? Um, and or your parents? When, when it came time to, I don't know, talk about whether or not to wrestle in college or or that, who was involved in those conversations with you? And and I guess when did that first cross your mind?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that was probably more my parents, um, involvement yeah. of make, you know, do you, is this something you want to do? And, and, uh, and then, and then my dad had some connections from his time coaching. Um, and, uh, and he had some connections with Cornell as well. Um, okay. he was back in the nineties, he was a junior college coach and that was kind of the, the OG, uh junior college transfer to cornell system uh jack jack spates was head coach at cornell and my dad was at a junior college in kansas and you wouldn't believe the number of junior college guys that transferred from garden city community college to cornell university got cornell degrees and we're all americans at cornell um and so uh that that connection, that was kind of the beginning, as far as I know, of like uh Cornell's being ingenuitive and using the junior college route, which they now use with TC three and the gray shirts and that type yeah. of thing, but to uh to get guys into the school and uh and help get good wrestlers in there.
0: And and I feel like Jack and Spades and then and, and and Rob Cole, the way that that Cornell has have particularly been coached since what you just mentioned has been. Rob did it a little differently than than like your traditional D one wrestling school. Was that would that be fair to say? Almost more business like, and you know, I'm I'm thinking that somewhat came from Spates and this creativity with the Cornell connection. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, I think, and this is something that I I learned from Rob and and from others. But it's like you can obsess about what you don't have or the obstacles that you you have or in the wrestling terms, you can obsess about, like, what the other guy's going to do. Or, or you can spend your time looking at what we can do and what we have to offer and what, you know. And I think that he he always was a good example of like of, like, we didn't know what we didn't have at that time at Cornell. We didn't know that, you know, the other programs were getting way better gear packages and way better had maybe bigger budgets or bigger this. We didn't know because we were too busy taking inventory of what we had. Um, and, uh, and I think Rob has been a good example of like, well, this is what we have. This is what we can do. So let's make the best of it and let's make the most of it. And, uh, and I think that that mentality in the Ivy league has, has, uh, grown, you know, now you're seeing, okay, what can we do? There are limitations in the Ivy league, but there are also advantages in the Ivy league. Let's take, let's take advantage of our advantages and let's go compete with the, with the best, with the best of the best. And so you've seen uh, the other Ivy League programs do it, and and now, God willing, you're going to see Brown do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, I used to think, and probably when I was younger and probably more when I was an athlete, but not that long after still, I was like, you know, practices, you know, the, running a program, right, like as an athlete, you just see the practices. Then you, right. you step back, right. you see a little bit more. You see the golf outing, and then you see – like whoa when you step way back you're like holy crap like it's like getting on an airplane going up in a big buildings all of a sudden not so big that's like is how important is practice compared to the everything
1: and gosh great point i mean it's still the focal point because that's the time when you're going to have engagement with the student athlete that's the time when you get to do what you really wanted to do from the start when you got into coaching
0: yeah
1: um you know but so I yeah, I I I think it's when you lose that it's bad, but there there is you know an aspect I think of being a head coach and 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 especially being a head coach at an Ivy League school where, um, you know my goal at Brown is to is to hire such a strong staff that i am able in time not right away but in time i'm able to spend my time working on the program and engaging with our guys the rather than constantly working in the program you know putting yeah. together uh, putting together practices checking on classes checking on getting making sure he can get in seeing what the financial aid package is you know uh, organizing the golf out and all these other things that are pivotal they are crucial but I would like to be in a system where I where create a system where I'm able to constantly be the, be the visionary and understand what our next steps are and grow this thing knowing that I've got this machine down here that runs and that every aspect of the program is being addressed, every aspect of the program is being elevated, and I've got my hand and eyes on all of it, but I'm not in it all the time. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh,
1: because I th- I think that and I think that's that CEO model that you're seeing sort of take off, especially in the Ivy League, but also elsewhere. Uh, because um, it can be, you know, there are so many great coaches out there, or or people that are, uh, you know, organizational. There there's a lot of talent in the wrestling community. There are only so many Division One jobs, and uh, and 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 so there's a lot of guys to be utilized and that want to coach and guys that want to be in the program. Um, and so, um, take advantage of that, you know, take advantage of that. Don't take yourself too seriously. Let your coaches coach. And then, um, and you get to, you know, like I said, my, I want to be able to work on the program and then engage with my guys. Um, that's my ideal vision moving forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny you, you you mentioned the CEO like model you're starting to see and I mentioned Jack Spates and and Rob, and then I wrestled at Missouri and Brian Smith coached under Rob at Cornell that's and he's come and like back to what I said earlier like I didn't see any of this stuff until I moved on and I'm like oh Missouri's getting good not I mean it, and one because Smith was putting together good practices but as he grew the business he could step back right. and do the things you just totally described.
1: Um, yeah. And I mean, I think, and think like, about how pivotal tiger style was. Yeah. I mean, when I read, when I read, I remember the last email I got from Brian and I read, and I don't know if he still has this, but I read the description of tiger style. What is tiger style? And I read it and I got chills <laughs> and that takes a leader yeah. to establish like, this is who we are. This is where we're going. And, um, And that's, that's not just running practice, but that impacts every practice, um, that source of identity and knowing who we are, knowing where we're, where we're trying to go and taking pride in that. Um, so I think, yeah, Brian is obviously, um, an example for all of us in the profession, um, with that stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, and I guess let's just, just chat about your time. You were at Pitt for at least a few years. I don't even know how many in total, but, um, how was your time in that experience and how did that you see that program, I don't know, maybe evolve or, or grow and or change, right, for better, hopefully for better. <laughs> but, uh, you yeah. know, Keith's at the helm. I didn't, you know, I didn't get to spend, I've been there a couple of times, but I, I guess it was around Cornell a lot more um, in the in the time with Rob was there than I was with Keith. So I didn't really get to see Keith in action.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you were around in Ithaca a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I remember what you can keep me back on track, but I just remember you put that, uh, or Flo put that release out a couple of weeks ago when they announced my hiring, and then it we had that video of of us getting red belly in you, and, uh, <laughs> that was you know the thing you know the thing that caught my attention. Sorry, go ahead. No, or, you sorry. go
0: go. I was just gonna I was gonna give you shit for for doing that, but go ahead
1: okay the thing that caught my attention was all the cargo shorts in the room did you notice that <laughs> it was 2010 man <laughs> i know that's when it was we like uh just so much cargo was in there at that time
0: pockets for keys you wallet you put you put a bag of chips you could grab you know a donut over here
1: you can carry just about anything except a conversation with a good looking girl you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that was BS. I was I think we, that I think that pink belly was actually here I think you were in Austin with, with Steve Brown maybe or Eve Edwards or somebody yeah yes. and and Joe walks this is like three offices ago and Joe's like Bader I'm like what he's like come here I'm like you come here like I'm doing something like three times in a row I'm like what's he up to yeah then you guys snuck attack me
1: <laughs> but I remember those I remember you coming with your Handheld camera, yeah, coming yeah, into dude. the room. I mean, it was it was modest beginnings. It was modest yeah. beginnings for what is now, you know, an empire.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy to be on. You know, going from day one till now. But um, we're talking coaching. Um, and yeah. oh, Keith Gavin, right? So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I I got six years. Um, you know, one year at Cornell, one year at Duke, six years at Virginia, five years at Pitt. And it, it has the time has been invaluable. You know, I was strategic about where I was going uh, because I wanted to develop the skill of figuring it out and elevating a program. Um, I my assessment was if I go work my way up in one program that is successful, you know, maybe I get a good job um, at. A, an early i uh, get a good job faster but my concern was i'm not going to be ready and prepared when i get that job because i only have i only have experience in one system and it's been a successful system and so then it's you you were banking on applying that system to this next one and hoping it works and i'll tell you something about college wrestling that we all know everywhere is different everywhere yeah And, um, each system is different. Each place needs different attention. And, and I think my opinion on the matter was the best skill to have is the skill of having confidence to know that you can figure it out. And, um, and so the experience behind that is going to build the confidence, obviously. And I got to experience that at Virginia, um, you know, at, during my time at Virginia, we were able to have program best team finish, program best individual finish, program best recruiting class, program best across the board. And um, we figured it out. We figured out a way to elevate a program that had and take a program somewhere that it had never been previously. Pitt, the job description was a little different. They have experienced national success, but it's been 70, 75 years. Yeah. Um, so, you know times are obviously different than they were in 1954 when they won the national or when they were second in the country. And, uh, the job description was different. The recruiting was different. It was a culture change. Um, that was different. So there were a lot of new challenges that were like, okay, let's see if we can figure this thing out. Let's see if we can get this thing on track. And, and, uh, and so my experience with that, you know, working with, Coach Garland, our staff there, working with Keith and the staff at Pitt was invaluable to, to just develop that skill of, of knowing that we can figure it out and, uh, and we can do something that hasn't been done before or that hasn't been done in, you know, a half a century.
0: Sure. Maybe take me through some of the differences, right? You said every, every program's difference. Maybe just one or two differences between Pitt and UVA. Or the way the Garland does it versus, uh, Keith yeah. or, you know, the kind of kids you're so, uh, looking for, etc.
1: The recruiting difference is UVA is national recruiting. You have a national brand. Um, you have a national brand from an, a, a university standpoint and from an athletics department standpoint, you know, so you're recruiting Jack Mueller in Texas, George D Camillo in Cleveland, uh, you're recruiting people from all over the country Pitt has more of a regional relevance and specifically that's all you need at Pitt because uh (laughs) the recruiting strategy is locked down allegheny county in western pa yeah Um, and so um recruiting was a lot different you know it's it's how you do it and the exposure and the way um the recruiting strategy had to be completely different. So um, that's one example of a difference. Um, Another difference is just culturally, there's a difference. Um, You know, UVA traditionally excels in more of the white collar sports, like the tennis and soccer and lacrosse and those types of things. So that creates a different on campus culture. That's a different on campus fit. Pitt is more traditional blue collar, Pittsburgh (laughs) culture. Um, Steel town. Yeah, it's like, uh, you, you know, you're not. Uh, I, I remember one big difference was this is silly, yeah, but it was like when I was at Virginia, you tuck your shirt in, when I'm at Pitt, you don't tuck your shirt in, you know. It's like <laughs> you tuck your shirt in, you go into somebody's house, your shirt's tucked in. It's like, who's this pretty boy? <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what I thought was going yeah. on, you know. Maybe, yeah. uh, maybe that was in my mind. That no, but it sounds where, right. The other way is if you're, if you're representing the University of Virginia, you go into a house and your shirt's untucked, you might look sloppy. Um, so That's funny. culturally and recruiting, those are two differences, I would say.
0: Okay. And now looking, at, you know, right in front of us, when did, you know, when the, when the job came open, when it got posted, what did you, was it right away, hey, this is, this is, this is it, I've been waiting, I, I went to this program for a minute and these two for, you know, I've seen some stuff, I'm ready. Or yeah,
1: yeah, I, I have felt as if I have been ready for a, a couple of years. Um, and so then it's about looking and trying to find the right opportunity that fits and uh, that fits on both sides. And um, so Brown caught my attention because it was available, but I didn't initially have a lot of interest until I started connecting with some of the supporters of the program to realize, Oh, they' they're going in on this thing, um, because that's a difference from place to place. You know, we would like to believe that every department wants to win in wrestling, but we know that that's not true. Um, this is a department that wants to win in wrestling. This is a place that has alumni support that is uh, maybe literally second to none. You talk um, financially? yes i mean yeah. we've got we've got guys that have uh pledged and committed 15 million dollars towards an endowment in these last few years um which is uh saying something wow. uh, they were they're positioning this program for this time uh within the department and in the in the, with the program individually this it, there's been a top-down commitment to wrestling at brown from the president bringing in an absolute superstar AD who is now revamping the entire athletics department. It is a time that Brown university is committing to athletics. And that's, that's something that maybe two years ago when the Ivy shut down sports, that's maybe something that you thought you might never hear. And, um, it's happening.
0: When did this AD, the superstar AD you're talking about get hired at Brown?
1: So the president came in two years ago, her name is President Paxton, and her message was Brown represents excellence, and so if we're going to do something, we're going to be excellent. And then the sort of the secondary statement was our athletics department is not representing excellence, and it's going to. So then a year later, she put those words into action and went and attracted one of the most highly sought-after athletic directors in the country. Her name is Grace Calhoun. And Grace Calhoun is – her path and her her trajectory are – she's absolutely one of the best in the industry. Um, Her last seven years, she has been AD at Penn, where in the wrestling world – she oversaw the resurgence of Pennsylvania wrestling, the Penn RTC yep. with uh, Slade coming in and then establishing really one of the, the finest RTC models that we've seen. And, uh, and she oversaw that. And, and Brown, the way that Brown got her here is that she was an alum. So she has ties,
0: yeah.
1: her yeah. children. She wants to, she wants to live in Providence she, Providence is a destination city for for um, for her and her family. Her, her children want to go to Brown. Um, so it's like a, a family move, but it's also a career move because the president made her a vice president. So she's one of seven people that reports to the president in the Ivy League. I'll speak for the Ivy League. There is no other athletic director that is vice president. Um, She's the only athletic director in the Ivy League that's vice president that reports to the president, which means that she has access to university resources. When you're talking about Ivy League, university resources are are serious. Um, You know, you're talking about the university's fundraising campaign right now is a three billion dollar fundraising campaign. Um, And so she has access to some of those resources because the athletics department is going to represent excellence and that's coming from the president of the university and so it's a priority here and then the the wrestling alums specifically have invested in a way that obviously states and wrestling is a priority here so you've got athletics becoming a priority especially wrestling Um, and so that's the time so it was a very fortunate time that I think any any whoever got hired was going to get to see an elevation and experience an elevation, and I feel fortunate to be the guy. And we'll see how far we can take it.
0: Well, it's funny, you know. You say that the president was hired, and she wants excellence at Brown, and we're not having excellence in athletics. And I'm going back to your time; at was a Baylor yep. in middle school, right? And it was like whatever.
1: That's right. Drama, sports, yes, club excellence. If we're gonna do it, we're gonna be the best at it, and I'm attracted to that, you know that's a lifestyle that I pursue for myself um and it's it's who I want to be about, and so it's it's something that I want to represent, and so that was obviously attractive
0: yeah, so so where are you right now? are you in Pittsburgh? Are you somewhere in between? Are you in Providence? When does all the I
1: so it happened this morning i'm in providence sitting at my desk as a brown employee as of 9 30 a.m
0: really congratulations yeah that's funny because yeah. when i answered you your email address over the weekend you gave me a pit one i was like oh i guess i wonder when
1: today yeah today so i got a brown email address and i uh, just now um <laughs> so we're off to the races now i'm going to send an email out to you know the 2022 class and their family introducing myself and I've talked to the current guys on Zoom, but it's uh, it's officially on today.
0: When do you have your first in person meeting? I don't know, whatever you, I guess meeting to get together with the kids. Like guys all, yeah. who are, are there guys in town? Or are they all at home? Or I don't know if yeah, there are just, some guys
1: some guys are in town, uh, training, doing internships, but most of them, I think because of the coaching change, kind of looked for training opportunities elsewhere for the summer. Um, Mm -hmm. and so there are guys that have internships elsewhere that are maybe back training with their club or, or that type of thing for the summer. I think the first time we get together is probably going to be leading up to the school year as a whole team. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll plan something and go out on the water or, uh, uh, it, so Rhode Island is the smallest state and it's the ocean state. So pretty much if you're anywhere in Rhode Island, you're on the ocean and, um, or the Bay or, or that type of thing. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to taking advantage of our location, which is obviously a, a it's like a, it's a vacation type of a location. And, uh, and getting to know the area and getting to know the guys and I'm looking forward to doing that before the start of school.
0: Sure, um, students aside, right, meet that meeting. What are the next steps as CEO of Brown Wrestling?
1: Mm. Well, you know, I got announced a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I knew about it maybe a couple weeks before that. So I've-
0: Oh no. Can't hear you. Is somebody calling you? Sometimes if if somebody called you or texted you, but for some reason I can't hear you. Hmm, it's not my headphone, is it? Huh. Am I losing? All right. So we're here talking with uh, Jordan Lean, head coach, new day one on the job at Brown University. Don't know what happened. Technical difficulties do happen. Um, I'm going to say lightning struck the building where he's at, and that's that's the reason for this glitch. But we are holding tight. Um, it's been kind of cool to hear his journey, with his dad being his coach, but not really his coach. His dad was a wrestling coach. Um, my favorite part about this interview, and this is one of my favorite stories I've heard in quite some time, is is the Britton Stancil. This guy comes and takes his... They at his his starting job as quarterback. This guy comes and takes his starting job as shortstop, and literally takes his girlfriend, and then <laughs> knees him in the face and steps on his knees him in the chest and steps on his face. Sorry, I was trying to fill some time as we were gone, so I was going back through the interview and recapping where we, where we'd been. But uh,
1: can you can you hear me, Bader?
0: I got you, man. I I, I figured right. you you that. I didn't miss any story. of
1: it. You did a great job of rehashing. Uh,
0: okay, thanks, thanks. So you know. um. But we were at the next steps as as CEO. You said you got the job a couple of weeks ago. You'd you heard about it a couple of weeks before that, and that's where I think where I lost you.
1: Yeah. So my head's been spinning, um, and I've been trying to get things organized in my mind and, and in action. And when I talk to other coaches about it, it's been kind of a similar response. I talked to Kevin Ward yesterday and Chris Ayers yesterday, and and uh, and Jay Weiss. And I, and I just asked him, I said, Hey, you remember your first few weeks on the job? (laughs) Uh, and, uh, and Kevin, Kevin said, no. And I said, Oh, all right. He said, you block that stuff out. It's like having kids. He's like, if you remember the first few weeks, you're never going to do it again. (laughs) 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 So, so I, uh, I have been experiencing that, you know, I've been experiencing like, holy smokes. I don't know if this is sustainable or not. We got to get this get some traction and uh kind of kind of hopefully things will settle in time
0: yeah it's got to be overwhelming it's like what do I recruiting fundraising coaching uh a hundred other th- academics final aid, financial aid RTC uh are we do a tc3 type situation are we and and I'm probably not even hitting half of it um no you're
1: exactly right you've hit the big ones you've hit the big ones and and then there are specific questions from parents of incoming kids, like, what do you want them to do? It's like I'm not sure. <laughs> What's your plan for this? I don't know yet. Yeah
0: I'll <laughs> you know? get we'll get there. Who's
1: your staff? We're figuring it out Yeah
0: how, how, I guess how, how do you go about? have you had any conversations? you don't have to tell me who or you can, but uh, yeah have you had conversations with with people and trying to do that? we'll yeah. put your staff together?
1: Yeah, so they had a pretty darn strong staff as it was. Um, You know, I'm sitting here in the office with Jesse Delgado right now. Um, And uh, they had three, they had, you know, two assistants, volunteer assistant. And um, so I'm going to keep two of those guys. I'm going to keep Jesse Delgado um, as an assistant. um, And I'm going to keep TJ Dudley as volunteer. Uh, So I sat down with those guys, went through an informal interview process on the phone and then in person a couple of weeks ago and, um, and so, uh, and then we're going to add to the staff. So we're going to add one more assistant. We're also going to add an RTC coach. We're also going to add a director of ops. We're also going to add potentially RTC guys. Um, and so there's a lot of energy behind it. I've got, I've got a lot of support. And so, um, yeah, so we're going to get to add to something that uh, was already pretty strong.
0: Sweet. Um, what, what kind of athletes are you looking for, right? Who If you're throwing a pitch, that this is the kind of kids we want here at Brown University. I'm, gu- I'm guessing the word excellence is, is in there somewhere.
1: Nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah, guys that are in the pursuit of excellence, I think, and that have uh, an affection towards a professional lifestyle, you know, a lifestyle of being the best at something. Um, you know, obviously, I, I also want to pursue... Um, I also want to pursue a diverse group. You know, that's something that Brown represents. It's a place that um, is kind of self-exploring. They, there's this thing called the open curriculum at Brown, which sets it apart academically from every other university and school in the country. Um, so there's a, there's a sort of learning environment here that is um, self-exploring and that really celebrates different viewpoints and different ways of doing things and figuring it out on your own. And, and so I, I want to integrate that in my recruiting as well. I want the guys to fit at Brown and fit in the room and be guys that are professionals, but guys who also have a passion for figuring it out. Um, because we want to use these Ivy league brains, you know, something that a lot of people will say about an Ivy league student athlete is like he's too smart for his own good he gets in his own way he overthinks it those are things that i've heard but what's the advantage you know these kids are especially bright these kids are especially driven so let's what's the advantage and i think the advantage is really helping them become their own best coach helping them identify their lane and then helping them broaden their lane and that's going to take some intrinsic motivation And that's going to take some courage to self-explore, a little trial and error, a little ingenuity. And so um, I certainly want to create and sustain a system of wrestling and a culture of wrestling that is professional and that is uh, world class. But within that system, I want there to always be room for ingenuity, always be room for figuring it out on your own, Um, always be room for a guy like Ben Aspen. You know, always be room for a guy like Jordan Lean, frankly, Um, that like uh, I want to I want to figure this out, you know, and I've got coaches here as resources. I've got a system around me that supports me and pushes me forward and elevates me, but I'm going to figure this thing out and uh and that's it's going to be me out there. You know, I'm not just a part of a certain style of wrestling. This is the way that I like to do it. So, a little pride and in individuality um and I think that that kind of comes I want to foster that that inner desire um because I believe that the most important aspect of being a great division 1 wrestler is desire. I think it's desire. I think it comes from within and if you have a strong desire you can figure it out.
0: Um, is, are there, is there like long-term goal? I'm sure the first goal, you know, you're going to set goals tomorrow for next week, but right big picture, is there like goals and visions for the program?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, uh, Cornell, Penn, Princeton, you know, Columbia coming on Harvard has a, has a, a history of, you know, national champions, um, I think the standard is, is established in the league. And what the standard says is that if you're competing at the top of the league, you're competing at the top of the country. Yeah. And so, um, that's the, you know, that's the commitment here is that we're going to be uh, first step is being competitive in the league. And then we start to, uh, take ground. And as you start to take ground in this league, you're taking ground in the country. I mean, I looked at, preseason rankings and i forget what it was but maybe cornell was seven princeton was nine penn's 19 um and you've got other schools like northwestern in there and you've got these schools where uh, that prize the the student athlete that prize excellence that great wrestlers are going there and great wrestlers are achieving uh high level results at places like that and so um that's the expectation here. Will it take time? Of course. Sure. Um but I'll tell you a commitment this is a commitment for me. This is a promise from me to me is that we're going to celebrate the little victories. And uh and we're going to celebrate these steps because it is going to take time and I want to enjoy it. There is joy and satisfaction in making gains in progress even though it's obviously it's not where we're trying to go you know we've got we've got our vision and our expectations are um to compete with the best in the country to have all americans and national champions to come home with team trophies but there are a lot of small victories to be won before that real before that sort of reality is realized
0: 100 man yeah you nailed it there'll be it is you know you see from nc state missouri back when i was younger to to these programs that are are good now but man not when the coach got there it was a whole different story and and some people forget about that and uh and it's not like do, there's no way to do it overnight it just isn't so um did, I'm glad you,
1: did you enjoy being a part of the climb at missouri because you were a part of pivotal years i mean i, I remember going on an official visit and uh you introducing me to, to Jack Black, I think is what it was. Who, what was Tenacious D? You introduced me <laughs> to Tenacious D. You, yeah. brought, you, brought me to, you brought me to the dark side of Tenacious D. Babe.
0: Oh, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I didn't always enjoy No, I mean, like the recruiting, I don't know. No, no, in the room, you didn't, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't, right. you know, Brian Smith was like, we're going to beat the Iowas and the Oklahomas, and we're going to. And I'm like, I'll do whatever you ask, but you're crazy. Like, you know, I remember
1: the I remember the Oklahoma State date was circled for him that year. Okay. What
0: year would yes. that have been? Do you know?
1: 2003-2004.
0: Yeah, yeah, they so yeah. That was I graduated in 03 and they beat they beat Oklahoma State in the fall of 03 in the 03-04 or season for the first time ever. So it took yeah. 5 years you know, yep. which I guess is, but they still, but they still would always falter at the end. We, they, you know, it was like, Oh, okay. We beat, beat some teams in duels. And we, we would, you know, all right. Okay, cool. It was like just holding on to the, this top 10 rank or whatever. And, and then it was yep. like big 12s crap. NCA tough. And, and I, I would see it with some of these other teams that I mentioned that are, are on the come up or are finishing the top. Now that have NC state went 19 and two one year and, and, crapped out at Nationals. I think same thing happened with Rutgers 10, 12 years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. on and on. So it's like, right when you think you got it, the NCA's comes up and just yeah. like punches you in the gut. And it's like,
1: yeah. psych. I know, but, I know. But then it, they it does you to be a part of the process. Yeah.
0: And, and they all say it's I'm tweaking the end of the year, tweaking every, you know, making adjustments year to year, what I did last year. and. And like like the figure it out that you just said a minute or two ago, right? Like that's what's gonna drive you, or I'm sure that's one one thing that's gonna drive you. And it's like but it it's gonna take uh three hundred and sixty five days of data to do something different the next
1: time. That's right. That's right. But that stuff is that stuff is uh stimulating, right? Yeah. It's like that stuff is satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Um And, and I, I I certainly, I have a similar experience, my time at Cornell, but it was a similar time as your time at Missouri, where I didn't really notice at the time, but then you look back and it's like, man, that you, you're able to value more the climb, you know, the, um, that it is, it is fun to be a part of the climb. I'll tell you talking to some people in different programs at different times who are a part of the fall off. That is not fun. (laughs) And, And that's something that I never experienced, but even if you're good, it feels like you're not as good because you're on the decline. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and so I think being on that incline is an enjoyable experience. And so hopefully we can stay on the incline for quite a while here.
0: Yeah, man. I'm, I'm pumped to see you guys, uh, you know, see what you can do, see, see the decline, the, the ascent, the the resources that you're saying, $15 million, like what, pledged over X amount of years?
1: Yeah, within within five years, it's supposed to be a 15, but what there's, I mean, it's been pledged and it'll come in, you know, yeah. uh, it'll come in over time. Right now, it's uh, like 10 or 12 or something like that, and then it'll be a 15 In five years and once you get to 20 it's done the program is fully fully endowed and the pay scales are competitive and everything and then what then what you raise is all just bonus and these and these guys are talking about doing it they're like we're not stopping until we get to 20 and then we're going from there
0: so is this like you know more money for coaching staff more money to put into rtc and rtc athletes and yeah, you can't pay athletes. There's the NIL, NIL, but I know that can't come from the school. So is that what would it be for coach, coaches, more coaches, RTC coaches, facilities?
1: Yeah, RTC will always be a separate entity. So okay. that's just just speaking of Brown, Brown Wrestling and, and, the, and the future of Brown Wrestling. I mean, a part of, the, desi- a part of the, the desire to give to an endowment is knowing that you give to something that is uh, going to last forever yeah um and a part of giving to the uh, the the desire and the appeal to giving to the rtc is it's got like right now type of impact um so we are hoping to uh mobilize our donor base for those guys that have not gotten the message yet or have not been as involved yet that like the time is now this is the new era and these are the two entities that are going to impact Brown wrestling, um, forever moving forward, because I'll tell you that the faster we win here now, the more excitement, the more investment, the more things will pop early. And there's also a pull, uh, and a gravitation towards the endowment because that's where they're, their leader in their field. And that's talking about investing into something that is going to last forever and investing into something that is you're going to be able to take pride in Brown wrestling when your grandchildren's grandchildren are in their walks of life. Um, and so those are kind of the, the two big pushes and, um, and will be the two avenues that, 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 that really help Brown wrestling moving forward.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, I've, I've had a great time chatting today. Um, hearing about your your story and then you know looking ahead we're gonna give you the final word though um anything you want to say about anything before we let you move on your day
1: no i think you gave me an opportunity to cover a lot of stuff thank you Bader.
0: you bet thank you jordan uh again congrats on on the new job best luck moving forward and uh we'll see you soon
1: thanks a lot all right
0: thanks take care all right folks that'll do it
1: we're out